0: Hello, and welcome to You Haven't Seen, a podcast about movies we can't believe someone else hasn't seen. I'm Rob.
1: And I'm Amy. On this podcast, we make the other person watch a movie that we can't believe that person hasn't seen. It started out as an exercise in shock, but really it's about the differing ways in which we approach movies.
0: Pretty much, because so I'm mad this one going off script. It's about funny movies Amy hasn't seen and I haven't seen. Not just anybody, it's us. You're stuck with us week after week. <laughs> so... Will we agree that that particular movie is an essential movie, or will we wish we still hadn't seen it? Now, before we get to this week's selections, let's go over a little bit of second thoughts on last week's movies. Now that we've had some some kind of process, Amy, do you have any second thoughts on The Exorcist?
1: No, I. you know, I mean, because it was a good movie, so I think second thoughts comes more into play when you didn't like it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the only thought I've had is, like, why do they keep making devil possession movies? Because it's done. It's good.
0: Yeah. they're It could
1: have stopped. So, <laughs> um, so yeah. yeah. No, no more second thoughts. No nightmares.
0: That's good. I feel like the mark of a really good movie is when you find yourself thinking about it later. Yeah. The Devil Wears Prada has not entered my mind once. <laughs> not a single time. It just whistled right through my mind.
1: <laughs> like
0: a summer breeze through wheat. I have not thought of it again because it is the I don't know, the Pepsi Cola of movies. It's there. It's fine. <laughs> the Coke's not available. Well, at least they've got Devil Wars Prada. And then I don't think about it again. And so I'm confronted. I'm in another shitty restaurant that can't be bothered to actually have Coke.
1: Well, <laughs> but that is saying that it wasn't super terrible because yeah, it was not
0: super terrible. If it was super terrible, I would still be thinking about
1: it. Yeah, because I what I hate even worse, what I hate is movies that trick me, and they're mm-hmm. like I come out of it like oh I enjoyed that, and then it takes a couple of days to sit and process, and I get really angry that I was Ooh. manipulated into liking it. So Ooh, what was that yeah. last Jurassic sure. Park movie?
0: Oh, that is not a good movie, Jurassic World. Yeah. It's terrible.
1: But I came out of it like, ooh, that was fun. Dinosaurs. Yeah, yeah, dinosaurs. Yeah. And Chris uh, P- uh, Pratt. Pratt. And then.
0: Chris Parnell, that's what you mean? It's no, different.
1: Um, and then, like, every few hours, I'd go, wait a minute, that's really bad. Yeah. Oh, and
0: wait, that movie's. Horribly sexist.
1: Yeah, and then about forty eight minutes forty-eight hours later, I was real mad that I had spent money on it and that it had tricked me. I don't like being tricked. So Devil Wars Prada just never didn't didn't come or go. Not once. <laughs>
0: okay. Complete mediocrity in one ear, out the other. <laughs> All right. Like a diuretic went right through me. Gross. You're welcome. Well, okay. that means we're gonna move on to this week's movies.
1: This week's movies. Holy smokes, <laughs>
0: ladies and gentlemen! What's our theme. Go ahead. Go ahead.
1: Meanies. That's our Meanies. theme. Meanies. People who are mean. Meanies. Um, so Rob watched Mean Girls, which was one of the founding items on the list for the for the podcast, and I watched Green Room.
0: <laughs> I had to laugh while telling that one. Like, oh, Amy, you'll love this movie. It is not an all-time hardcore classic, but I feel like it will be. Yeah. So, it made my cut of suggestions.
1: All right. Well, before we move forward on talking about those, yeah. um I do we keep saying we need to say spoiler alert. Oh, yeah. So, let's just do that now. Spoiler alert and language alert. Yeah, well, cuz the dead Kennedys. So, that's true. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: It's going to it's it's not a movie meant for young people it's meant for serious people it's, it's not an exploitation film it has an adult audience and that's who it's addressing
1: now tell me about green room ah but i bum that was <laughs>
0: nightmarishly terrible
1: okay let's talk about incredible. green room but you know what you need to give us
0: a synopsis <laughs> in the form of a haiku
1: yeah we liked haikus so much we did them twice Haiku's so nice we did them twice
0: that was less good
1: okay Here's my haiku for Green Room. Band gets stuck in lounge, must fight way out. Knives, dogs, guns. Fuck off, Nazi punks.
0: I, you know what? Pretty good. I like, did you, is that syllable count? Is that? Is yeah. accurate? Felt long. I, I admire it. Five,
1: seven, five.
0: Okay, good. I, I'm I did it. Okay. I'm impressed. I think it's great. Well done. That's actually a very. And like Very accurate synopsis.
1: referenced the Dead Kennedys yeah. song. Okay, it's great. I
0: have a story about Jello Biafra. I'll tell
1: you later. Everybody's got a great story about Jello Biafra. So Green Room came out in 2016 after much acclaim at the Cannes Film Festival. Ooh, uh, cool. Written and directed by Jeremy Saulnier. Saulnier, and the cast for me when I opened up the image, you know, on Amazon or whatever. And I was real excited because I was like, Woo, Patrick Stewart.
0: Patrick Stewart. Everyone's favorite elderly <laughs> uncle.
1: I I don't wanna do things to my uncle the same way I wanna do them to Patrick Stewart. What do you mean? Hmm. So it was real sad when he was the head Nazi. Yeah, he's playing a skinhead. Super bummed me out. So yeah, Patrick Stewart is Darcy, the leader of the skinheads in mm-hmm. Portland, they're outside of Portland. <laughs> Um and then it's a great cast. I mean Anton Yelchin and that I immediately was sad. Yeah. That's At, real hard be, real. Every time I see him in something, you just kinda realize like, oh
0: What a loss of a talent.
1: Absolutely. Unreal. Um Imogene Poots, who every time I see her in something I go, Who is that? Man, I've seen her in something.
0: It's too much she doesn't have a name that stands out. I <laughs> You
1: know? Exactly, and, and then, then. Jean Poots. That's a name you easily forget. I know, and her then Jane Smith. And then I look her up, and I go, "Oh, Poots. That's right." She and she, for as young as she is, she's been in a ton of stuff, yeah. and she's really, really talented. I enjoy her every time I see her. Same with Aaliyah Shawkat, who's a local. Yeah. Um, I knew you were going to say because I can't help it. You can't help it. Um, I always enjoy Aaliyah Shawkat. Um, they were kind of the main Joe Cole. And Callum Turner were the other two members of the band. So the basic story, you got this band, they're a punk band. They threw The Aint Rights. The Aint That's Rights a great band. It is a good name. Um, they witness a murder by accident. I mean the murder wasn't by accident, but they <laughs> went <would. laughs>
0: accidental murder, also a great punk band.
1: Um, so they witness a the murder and then they get stuck and the, and the skinheads and they're not a skinhead band, but it, they just ended up.
0: They end up playing a last minute show. Yeah. Not knowing it's at a skinhead club.
1: Yeah. And they make the interesting choice to start their set with the Dead Kennedys fuck off Nazi punks, yeah. uh, which is a pretty badass move. Um, it's and, terrific. and still managed to, it's a great song also. Um, it's, it's growing, it's Revisiting popular culture these days, I've noticed. A lot of people doing covers of it. And they, so they witness this murder and they have to fight their way out. And I read a little bit that um, Saulnier had like an obsession about writing a movie in a green room and he wanted to do it. And he'd done a short film that was much more sort of fantastical, um, but this was him, quote unquote, doing it right. Um, So it is. Pretty interesting in the sort of traditional horror movie, gore movie tradition of um, being stuck in one area yeah. and having Single to room. yeah having yeah. to fight your way out. Yeah. Um, and taking it seriously. Yeah, it wasn't. It's a movie that is yeah, absolutely
0: believable at every turn. There's oh, no, no one makes a decision where you're like, well, that who would ever do that? It's not you know. Well. The the stairs. Really. I mean, I find them so relatable. They don't always do the admirable thing, or you wish there was another option. But they do the most realistic thing.
1: It No, it's the little tiny things that I talked about last week that pull me out because I just go, that's not real.
0: Well, okay, give me an example.
1: They do this in movies and TV all the time. People leave their keys in the visor of the car. Nobody does that. No. And it's so convenient. And when that
0: happens, because the keys to their car are in the girl's pocket.
1: It's um, the keys to Daniel's car. Who okay, was yeah. the yeah. the sort of key? Yeah, okay. all right, all right, all no right. pun intended. The key to the ah, whole story. Classic. Yeah. So it's choices like that, that 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 sort of draw me out. So there's a point later in the movie where they have to. Okay. So we've jumped forward, but.
0: So, I told the, the whole story, over, but, yeah. yeah. They have to battle their way
1: out. Yeah, and at one point, and they keep just winning. <laughs> they keep eluding their captors for quite a while, and then the captors decide they have to step it up, and they bring in the dogs. And
0: uh, I don't agree with that assessment.
1: Well, they stay alive. I mean, Anton Yelchin loses his hand.
0: (laughs) Yeah. They stay in the room. They they, they have a a hostage in there. Yeah. Who they have overpowered in a way that makes sense. It's not a cheat there. No. Um, Everything they do in that room is logical. When the power goes out and they say, keep smoking the cigarette.
1: That's a beautiful scene.
0: That's
1: a beautiful scene. um, well, I will say, um, I, I actually... Some of the stuff in the room was... You You always talk about a movie has to obey its own logic. Mm-hmm. And I had a little trouble following Amber's transition, I suppose, from skinhead to not skin because Well, I don't I, know if she
0: turns into not skinhead. She turns into, you guys are trying to kill me, and you killed my best friend.
1: Yes, and but she does, I mean...
0: It's an uneasy alliance. It's like assault on precinct thirteen when the criminal joins the cops because otherwise they're all going to
1: die. But she, classic siege movie stuff. But she never shows any reticence, and it, I mean, she's immediately on the band's side and joins with them. And I guess you would have to because it's yeah. your only chance at living. But I did feel that the um, slicing of the guy—I um, didn't write his of name. His belly. Yeah. That's yeah, a rough one. Yeah, she slices him, you know, belt to collarbone. Yeah, and that felt unnecessary. Well, and and didn't feel like something she would do because we hadn't seen any violence from her really until that point. And and it's and it's so violent and it seemed unnecessary because they had him subdued.
0: But she's the pragmatic. True. Her and Reese was most pragmatic. And when pragmatic is choking that guy out. He thinks he's done it, and the guy immediately comes to again and starts attacking them. And so then he has to continue again. And she is pragmatic enough; She's seen enough violence in her scene to know, no, you, you end it here. Even if she'd never been a part of such a thing before, she says, we're not taking any more chances here. And yeah. eviscerates the guy. But she is always the one making the most practical decision in it. And that's, that's what she does throughout.
1: Yeah, I it it seemed to come out of nowhere for me, and I and I had a little trouble following it. Well, and it
0: um, is a deliberately, again, no pun intended, gut wrenching moment. Of there are moments of brutal violence in this movie. Yeah, different.
1: it came about ten seconds after they showed Anton Yeltsin Yeltsin's hand.
0: His arm was getting mangled. Like, well, it off.
1: like cut at the wrist and it's like dangling. dangling off, yeah. yeah. And that, and I, my notes here say, cut off hand, split belly, my knees hurt. Cause that's what happens when I see gross, like my knees start to tingle and tense up. Um, that was the only stuff that I felt was like, gratuitous isn't the right word, but that was the only stuff that I really was like, ooh, that's real gory. Because when, because you when the, yeah. because when the dogs do attack oh, and kill, man. the lighting in that is mm-hmm. um, very, I would assume for ratings, um, very covering.
0: I actually, I I think it wasn't because of rating. I think I was listening to the commentary on it. In those shots, it's always a real dog. They made a dog puppet, thinking they wouldn't be able to get the shots that they needed, but they managed to edit around it and do the shots fast enough that they had a real dog doing things. And then when they hit the dog, like the microphone stand, it's a foam microphone stand, they had to cut away because when it hit him, it would like bend and look ridiculous.
1: Well, that was my other thing that yeah. felt fake and and pulled me out a little bit. No, 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 no. L- let me finish oh, oh, oh. my freaking sentence. The you do, <laughs> you're killing me. Um, awesome. Not hitting with the mic stand. Like I actually appreciate. Well, I
0: know what you're about to say.
1: Go ahead. I appreciated Imogene Poots and her fighting style. It made me think of what um, Atomic Blonde got lauded sure. for so much was it was the way a woman really would fight, mm-hmm. which is close up and, and, and finding anything you can to hit sure. somebody with. So, no, the banging with the, with the mic stand was wonderful. Why was the mic still on?
0: I knew this was what you were going to say. You were going to talk about the feedback. Be, it.
1: Because it's a very convenient solution to the problem. But why would the mic still be but on? There is a logic
0: there because they rush everyone out. When everyone's being rushed out initially, they say it's because the power's off, because they have to empty out the club. The band wouldn't start, you know, dismantling everything. They kick everyone out right away. So why would they have turned it off? And then when they turn the power back on so they can search for these guys, everything comes live again. That's what yeah. it lines up.
1: Mm. It took me out. I mean, yeah,
0: that's, well, it's... maybe so, but it logically follows. Mm. But no, you don't get to go in on that. <laughs> that is a logical procession there. That makes sense
1: it just felt very convenient and be, and and then that becomes one of their main weapons in their arsenal is the feedback which is super genius yes, and and makes and makes a ton of sense but it 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 took me out what? so yeah. we said before we turned on the mics this didn't hurt me as much as the exorcist um and it was you know it was a good story in terms of like what a story is supposed to do it's supposed mm-hmm. to engage you it's supposed to make you wonder what happens there's some beautiful shots mm-hmm. and stuff in it that I'll, when we talk about our, when I talk about my three favorite things, I'll, I'll go more specifically into that. But also, like, I feel like you can't film in the Pacific Northwest and not just kind of everyone go, oh, so beautiful. Because um, it's beautiful.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, the most beautiful shots in the movie aren't those shots.
1: Some of them They're are. No. inside the club. Uh, I agree. Um, in my top three, um, yeah. there's a shot inside that's amazing. Yeah. I... As a scary movie or a suspenseful movie, mm-hmm. um, this worked on two levels for me. One, in how incredibly relevant it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a friend who works, who lives in Portland and does a lot of social justice work in Portland, a lot of community organizing, and and it's, it's just, it's horrifying, and it's not just Portland, it's everywhere, yeah. and... I mean just to get real contemporary we're we're recording this 2 days after the shooting at the Parkland High School in Florida and um you know a lot of talk is being done about boys being raised in America without a way to respond appropriately to anger and rejection and things like that. Now we don't know a lot about that shooter yet but um we've seen it before and and we have a terrorist group in our country. And um, and so it was all super relevant, and I think one of the most chilling moments in the whole movie is um, Patrick Stewart saying, "Remember, this is a movement, not a party." Mm-hmm. That I that turned my stomach like more than the MRI scene in The Exorcist. Yeah. It was yeah. super rough, and and the you know right after the punk band gets done, and he says. Don't worry the racial efficacy workshop will be happening on Sunday. It, yeah. you know it's, what the hell is a racial efficacy workshop yeah. like I don't I can't even begin to go there. So it was scary in that it was really relevant and and Patrick Stewart in particular and um, as a leader. It's a genius piece of casting. It's amazing. Because
0: he's so someone we trust. Mm-hmm. He's so warm and he's so uncontrollably, so capable. And in this role, as hateful as everything is he's doing, He, you see the
1: magnetism. He's still that guy. Leadership. He's still and that he's, guy. <laughs> he's so practical.
0: And all these young men are so plainly in idol worship of him. Yeah.
1: Well, I wrote down, he's paternal, he's yeah. strong, yeah. Um, you can see the attraction.
0: Yeah, and the horror of what he's indoctrinating them into. Yeah. Is, it's, you know, it's I think it's a remarkable movie for many things. Among them are its accuracy, not just for social movements, but when I was a younger man and going out at night.
1: But in the way people relate to each other, yeah. In the way people relate to
0: each other, and in how it shows skinhead culture. Mm-hmm. In Denver... This is, you know, a dozen years ago now, but I know it's still around. There was a big skinhead subculture rising up. And unfortunately, the bars that all the kind of mods and the hipsters and all the rest that they went to were the same bars that the skinheads went to. And so you would find yourself in confrontations with these horrifying young men. And the style and the, the kind of cartoon of what a skinhead looks like isn't really what they look like. Yeah. What they look like in this movie. Yeah. it is entirely accurate to a degree that kind of spooked me out of it like i had flashbacks to terrible bar fights i'd see that they would pick and horrendous stories are real nightmares um so there's that the accuracy of it also the accuracy of what a punk show is like and the punk scene yeah is amazing but beyond all that the efficiency of the storytelling
1: mm-hmm.
0: the breakneck pace of it i am in love with jeremy solney as a filmmaker now weirdly this isn't one of those like, oh, I was listening to the band way back when and I knew where it was gonna go. It Are really, you sure? It really isn't, and I'm gonna tell you why <laughs> So Sony's first feature film, everyone says it's a movie called Blue Ruin, because that's his first like main not mainstream, but the thriller that played in the art house cinemas and got him a lot of acclaim. His first movie is a comedy exploitation film called Murder Party, that I saw when it came out. Because there was this movie store I went to, the cover said Murder Party, and it looked like it was really weird. I said, I'll check it out, and I bought it. So, and I had no I When I saw Blue Room was coming out, and it was Raven. I said, it's the same guy? I was not ahead of the curve on it. Just by coincidence, I happened to see his very first movie, and I followed him throughout. Sure. This dude's brilliant. And he's doing the next season of True Detective.
1: God, I hope it's better than the second season. Well, it will be. Yeah, and
0: he him bringing what he does to that.
1: Yeah, I can see that. Really I can see that working. He's, he's a
0: filmmaker that's going to matter for years to come. And the guy who played kind of the, for lack of a word, kind of the softy skinhead who ends up recanting at the end. Yeah, he they're they're high school best friends. He's been in all of his movies. His name is Macon Blair.
1: He reminded me of somebody. I couldn't put I couldn't put my finger well, on it he though.
0: Made, he made his directorial debut this last year with um, I Don't Want to Live in This World anymore, hmm. which was also terrific. So it's really interesting, this kind of new filmmaking thing of intelligent thrillers, social commentary. It's a great movie. And who is it brutal?
1: Well, intelligent thrillers, social commentary, I think, you know, we sort of touched on this a little bit last week. um, About how movies reflect the zeitgeist and what's happening in the world. And, um, you know... Intelligent thrillers that have social commentary, that's why I love science fiction so much, is that mm-hmm. good science fiction is always a social commentary. Um, or rather, good dystopian science fiction. Well, but sure, even even good, all science fiction tends to have yeah. um, a, a social commentary element to it. But I think horror has also been doing that for, oh, yeah, for a very long time. And I think with Get Out in the last yeah. year... Um, which We're
0: into a new golden
1: age of this again? M- yeah, maybe. And and that's rough because for me society is <laughs> well, well, that too, but on a more personal note. It means I have to watch these movies. <laughs> and and the only reason that would force you to. Well, and and I forced myself because I had just heard so much about Get Out and yeah. Jordan Peele's done other stuff too. And and I've heard interviews with him and he's really interesting. He's and um I I had just heard so much about it and so I figured I kind of had to. It feels like it's going to be a cultural touchstone. And it was rough, but then it also had the black comedy, no pun intended. Oh. Um in the <laughs> you know, it had some dark comedy in it yeah. that that was amazing and the TWA guy was or TSA guy was so yeah. awesome. But it um I think it's important and I th- that kind of stuff and I think it says something and I think it's interesting and yeah. and if this is the horror and the gore that you're going to expose me to, I suppose that's okay sure. except that my big question at the end of watching this was what did I get out of this? So, let me Oh, okay. Because I had I don't two respond. You do. Okay. But you got to let me like put my whole question out cuz sure. I had two ways it was scary I only got through one and then you started talking about when you knew Jeremy Saulnier, so I never said it. So let me finish. Um, it's a good story. It's entertaining. It does all the things stories should do, which is entertain you. But like I said last week when when we were talking about my level of discomfort keeping me from engaging with things, mm-hmm. if I'm going to be that uncomfortable and kind of hurt a little bit, I want to gain something from it. Sure. And I don't feel like I gained anything from this because I already know that skinheads exist. And I already know that they're awful. Um, and, and so in terms of like social commentary, I didn't actually feel like there was much there other than telling us that this thing exists and it is very dangerous. But unless you're living under a rock, you know that.
0: Okay, a couple responses to that.
1: I, now I, you I, can go.
0: Oh, dude, Matt, were you sure?
1: <laughs> so, a couple things.
0: One, I don't disagree. There are many movies that have similar payoffs to them, and there are other ways to know what's going on in the world. As an effective film, I think it is just about perfect. So, it's worthwhile, if only for that.
1: Yeah, is it's it affecting a movie? for I sure. It my
0: top twenty-five movies. So, when to see it before they die? No, I picked it frankly because thematically it linked up nicely. So mean girls, mean boys. I thought that was funny. I do think there's something to take from the movie, though. I think there's a couple things. I think it is ultimately a weirdly hopeful film.
1: Oh, boy. I can't wait to see how because this goes. <laughs>
0: they do try against the most awful of things. And the way they do it, the thing that ultimately inspires it and that encapsulates them is something that I... Every time I see it, I've seen the movie a handful of times. And every time I see it, this moment resonates for me more, which is... This is a spoiler for his speech, so I don't know you feel like it's a spoiler or not. Um, when he and...
1: The paintball the, speech? The paintball speech. Yeah.
0: That's good. About he and his friends go to paintball and they find themselves up against this unstoppable force of Marines who are doing it for fun. And the Marines pick them apart and just destroy them at every turn because they don't know what the hell they're doing. And finally one of them gets fed up with being picked apart by the big bullies and runs out like a maniac into the crowd firing like crazy in the paintball tournament and fighting back however he can and that's what leads them to some mode of success and they realize that in order to fight back against what's evil you finally have to just go for it even when you are terribly outnumbered and outmatched ultimately you fight back against what is evil and they triumph in this fashion and it is a pyrrhic victory they, they win at enormous cost, and everything is destroyed and bad afterwards. But the bad guys are destroyed too. And I think there's something to be said for the good guys don't always purely win. And I think pure victories are a thing that exists And when we're talking about what's going on in our society right now, and looking at toxic masculinity. This is a movie where the toxic masculinity guys lose. And the lone male standing at the end of this movie, well, there's two. There's the Nazi who reforms and has regret. And the other one is a guy who spends a lot of the movie crying with tears in his eyes and feeling defeated. And that is who comes up in the end. And I think that is an interesting thing. That's not to say I I walk out of that movie going, whoo, well, time to take on the world and do a dance. Mm -hmm. Not at all. But I do think there's something worth looking at there.
1: Ah, the the commentary online about the movie talks about how it's the triumph of good over evil, and I just didn't see it that way. Uh, It's so, the devastation is so extraordinary for who are apparently, you know, supposedly the good guys, because the truth is we don't know much about these this punk band, we well, we know they're not skinheads, not, they're they're not skinheads not and that's enough for all. Hopefully, most of us, all Base of us. Yeah, it's pretty good. So, um, yeah, that's a good start in my book. But our good guys, most of them are dead at the end, and so you have the remaining, the one remaining member of the good guys, and then you have Amber, um and she. I mean, the jury's still out on her if she was just trying to survive. And and so so I don't see it as necessarily a triumph of good over evil. I just saw it as survival and the, the will I mean, the idea, that of the human spirit. Evil,
0: we can survive it. I don't think that's a bad thing.
1: I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm saying that's it's less than
0: uplifting.
1: That no, just that. That's not what I came out of it with. Because well, in the, the final question. moment, when they're sitting there oh, on the oh, side of the road, a question I have to ask you. and they're so defeated. What is your desert island disc? No, that's I was gonna get there. Okay, what's your desert island disc? It's not a disc. It's a band.
0: Okay, desert island band.
1: Rolling Stones.
0: Wow, interesting.
1: Because I've thought about it a lot, because Mm -hmm. since I saw the movie, so this is one of my top three moments, is the whole, this is my third of my top three things of Uh, the movie. Let's
0: get
1: right to it, top three moments. Okay, well, we'll start with the Desert Island Band. Desert Island Band. Um... Cause I think this is a great question in the movie, and I and I loved how it changed. Mm-hmm. How at first yeah. it was all hard stuff, you know, it's punk, all hardcore, yeah, and like stuff. I think I'd heard of one of them, and then at the end it's Prince and Madonna, and it was it's about uh, being joyous. Well, and they were vulnerable in that yeah. moment, and yeah. and so everything came down. So I did love that. So oh, I- the band's the
0: picker choice. So I'm not saying that moment's joyous. No, yeah. yeah.
1: Um, so I was thinking about it a lot because I was thinking like, okay, so, because, you know, you asked this hypothetical about like food too. And sure. I mean, pretty much my answer for food is always tacos because you can do tacos in so many different I ways. Talk about it. <laughs> Cause I love tacos and you can do tacos in so many ways. There's breakfast tacos and fish tacos. You can do a lot. Oh, no. So with Rolling Stones, so when I was thinking about it, I was thinking, you got to have something, somebody with an extensive catalog. Okay. So that you don't get bored and different kinds of music, right? Different, because I would really
0: put a lot of like I abso- analysis in this. Absolutely.
1: No, because anything you like, you're going to get bored of. Like, sure.
0: I'm learning I, a lot about you and our friendship.
1: <laughs> Um I'll well
0: you all right, Rob, but you've been around a while.
1: Well, but we yeah. don't we don't work together anymore, so I only see you this one time a week, so it's it's perfect.
0: Um great. What a <laughs> wonderful compliment. Listen, we're good friends cuz
1: I don't see much of you. That's I'm why. kidding I was, I was just no, being fine. mean on purpose. Now I know how you feel. No, I did put a lot of analysis into it because I because really yeah. anything <laughs> that you have over and over yeah. and over again, even if it's the greatest thing in the world, you're going to get tired of. Sure. Eventually. Yeah. Um but then of course I talked about it at home and the question was brought up does that get to include side projects? Oh, no. That's, yeah. not, that's I said sheet I said no too, but yeah. I was told the Beatles and that includes all the side projects because then you get and I said no, you can't and then that's and okay. then the conversation ended. So what's what's your Desert Island band?
0: I you know, Rolling Stones would be second place for me actually. First place would be The Velvet Underground. Ooh. Not as many records, but there are a few things that are more interesting to me than listening to Velvet Underground. They're constantly challenging me.
1: Yeah, I can see that.
0: Yeah. I love uh-huh. that. Because side projects are in it, then suddenly everything changes. Yeah. It's like, what band has the most side projects?
1: Well, eventually, right. eventually um, my partner settled on Jack White. Just,
0: it's not about so many side projects. So well, yeah. Projects.
1: And I said, so that you can include all the different side projects. And he said, no, I just want Jack White on the island with me. Well, he, that's not the question.
0: <laughs> I know. But he doesn't play by the he's, rules. He's there with his mustache and his top hat, <laughs> complaining about the blues. And well, and then he, 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 he
1: made movies. the point that he's a, a vegan, so... When you finally do have to eat him, it'll probably be like a real I mean, lean that. meat, yeah, clean. Yeah. So. yeah, you
0: don't want
1: to eat <laughs> carnivorous animals. Um, so my other two moments, yeah. um Anton Yelchin, I, He's great. I He's just, terrific. oh, He's so vulnerable. Yeah, my heart just explodes when I see plans. him. Um So, and then the other one, the last one, um, is the is the slow motion mosh scene. Oh, it's great. Um, it's
0: only sh- slow motion shot in Jeremy Sonier's entire history as a filmmaker.
1: And it's well spent because yeah. it's beautiful and it's like dancing and it's, I mean, it is like, it is dancing, but, but it's, I, I it's, it's like it's ballet. Yeah. It's so
0: poetic and graceful. But and I don't. The of, but it also gives you an opportunity to examine the ugliness of the scene. I didn't it's get a that really at all. Smart
1: thing. It was all beautiful to me because. Because I've moshed, and there is a joy in there's a joy in getting tossed around and getting hit and surviving it, and and I'm learning so much about you. In I podcast. played roller derby. Come on, I like I to can get say hit. It's bad. Um, I see
0: you once a week uh, that's <laughs> in terms of our friendship, and so I learned about you through this, not for our usual conversations, because you'll get tired of me. <laughs> This is your terms of friendship. It's
1: not my fault. No. So Fine. I Fine, I, I found it to be a beautiful scene. I didn't see it dirty at all because the lighting in the scene is amazing. And mm. um, yeah, and it's like it's like a ballet performance. It's it's right. really an amazing amazing shot. So.
0: Now there's one question. Would you recommend this to your mother? Nope. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then I not recommend the movie to your mother from you.
1: I think that um, she will probably watch it because she wants to be able to like, follow along with sure, the. She with take the part in this? Yeah. In. Um, but no, I wouldn't recommend it to her.
0: I also would not recommend it to your mother unless <laughs> I get to watch it with her to watch her reactions. <laughs> in which case, I totally want her to watch it. Just so you sit there and go,
1: oh, here it comes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> image of who my mother is is funny.
0: Yeah, I, she's basically <laughs> a cartoon in my head. I haven't met her. She's a lovely woman, but that's not how she lives in my head. Quick bit of trivia. Have you watched the show We Bare Bears, the
1: lovely, sweet cartoon? No. Wait. I think I might have watched an episode with a niece or nephew at some so point. So the
0: big skinhead guy who gets his belly cut open? Yeah. He does the voice of Grizz. D- Edelstein. Yeah. Eric Edelstein. Eric Edelstein, yeah. 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 yeah, he's Grizz.
1: Well, there you go. Isn't that lovely? In the suite. And you know, the Darcy Banker, the head of the skinheads, used to be Jean Luc Picard, so it was? <laughs> oh, that's
0: where I recognize it from. I'm you know, actors
1: Actors do they have talents, they can span ranges.
0: Has there been anything
1: else? A few other things, yeah. Oh. Mainly holding hands with uh Ian McKellen. That's what I recognize. Eating about. pizza. That's how I recognize it. <laughs> Well,
0: alright, there it is, Gail. Don't oh, watch it.
1: Alright, tell me about Mean Girls. Oh my
0: gosh, I have...
1: I was so delighted to have to watch this again. Yeah. And and shocked to find I didn't own it. Yeah, well... I had to rent it.
0: It was hard for me to find. I went to Netflix for the disc. It's okay. not at Netflix. Oh, maybe the disc. the disc, yeah. I to the discs for this. Quote, very long wait. That's what it would oh, take Oh wow. I was not able to get the movie through Netflix. I had to rent it on Amazon. Me it too. It is a very popular movie. Holy smokes. <laughs> I met some students I was watching it. They immediately started quoting it.
1: You go, Glenn Coco. They didn't
0: say that one. Oh, that's like...
1: They all said on Wednesdays, we wear pink. Well, yeah. Because they put the that one. on t-shirts.
0: Well, maybe they've not seen the movie. They've just seen the t-shirt. But <laughs> here's my haiku. New girl infiltrates the in-crowd. Loses herself. She lives. Loves. Grows. Maths. <laughs> you may notice that last week, my haiku also said, lives, loves, grows. Yeah. There's a real theme here in the movies you're picking. Awesome.
1: Well, because you should gain something from a film-going experience. Evidently, I can gain the same thing from all the <laughs> I just need to watch one of them. Well, Well, we should find your favorite one. (laughs) It's
0: basically just the, like, Buildings Roman, I believe is what it's called, the genre of literature, of the young man growing up. Oh, uh uh-huh. But instead of being the young man growing up, it's a young woman living, loving, laughing, learning, growing.
1: Like a sticker on your wall.
0: Getting back with her love object at some point. (laughs) Because that's what happens in all of these movies.
1: Did you notice who directed this movie?
0: I did, and I was full of sadness.
1: What? Okay, so,
0: I will get this. So this movie is directed <laughs> by Mark Waters. Mark Waters has had the most confusing career in
1: it is, I would agree with that. I was looking at his He's list of written stuff. One
0: movie, and it was the first movie he directed, and it is a goddamn masterpiece. It's a
1: great movie. House of
0: Yes. Yeah. Parker Posey as a crazy woman who believes she is Jackie Onassis. So good. And is romantically in love with her brother. That movie is so great. Yep. You know what he did two movies later? <laughs> Freaky Friday. He also made Mr. Popper's Penguins. Yeah. He made the Spiderwick Chronicles, which I'm confused by. His career is
1: and flat. And 500 dream Days dreamer. of Summer, which was uh, decent. He that. He didn't direct it. Oh, you're right. Yeah,
0: he didn't direct that one. Uh, Vampire Academy. Look out for that one. I'll bet it's great and not a cash-in on yeah. The adult Wave at all.
1: It's... Uh, that... His career is confusing. I agree. I Well, it's not confusing because you kind of go, oh, you wanted to make money.
0: Which I don't fault anyone it's for. It's like him. Nick Cage. I, really, I don't fault him for
1: it. Yeah. You want to make money,
0: I get it. But the, his first movie yeah. was the one he wrote directed. was so excellent. I'm waiting to see, like, okay, he's made all those studio movies. Where's the movie he wants to make now? Yeah. Because that House of Yes is terrific. Um, okay, so here's what Mean Girls is about. young woman named Katie moves back to the United States with her family after having spent her life, essentially all of her life, growing up in Africa with her zoologist parents. They come back to give her...
1: Are they zoologists?
0: They study animals.
1: I think, and like, people. I don't think they're sociologists. I don't know.
0: Like it matters. So, they come back to the United States to give their daughter a normal adolescent, end of high school thing, and her mother gets a position out of college, I guess. It doesn't matter. The movie doesn't care at all. It just says she's from out of town. Her being from Africa services two jokes, and that's it. It does not matter at all. I was really waiting to see, like, a Can't Buy Me a Love-style African dance on the dance floor. (laughs) That that didn't happen, is a huge missed opportunity. It's a real problem.
1: Well, they did it shorter in her saying jambo to the african-american students in yeah, which that joke
0: did not
1: land no yeah oh, oh, was it uncomfortable. and i knew you would have things to say there there are a wow. few racial moments in the film but that are a little a little rough yeah
0: yeah when uh, tina fey learns she has a new african student and turns to the black student and says welcome
1: except that it is
0: playing on the stereotype.
1: And it's not unrealistic. I mean, let let's you know as a personal example, when I had a student whose last name was um, I can't remember, but it was very Greek. It It was really (laughs) Greek. It was like Papadopoulos, and when I Papadopoulos, it was it was you know super Greek name, and I'm ask you know calling attendance, and he puts his hand up, and it is a young Korean man. And the look of confusion on my face was so extraordinary, and he just went, yeah, I'm adopted. But those I'm just okay. saying, confusion like... Confusion happens in real life.
0: That doesn't mean this should be the basis of a joke in a movie. Well, I get it.
1: It's not. Adopted. It's not the worst crime we've ever seen. No, God, no. <laughs> um, so, uh,
0: Katie is played by Lindsay Lohan. Lohan. Lohan?
1: I have no idea. Lohan. Like it
0: matters. Um, You're terrible. What? Keep going. She's going to listen and be real upset.
1: (laughs) They they don't let her have podcasts in the hospital. (laughs) Good
0: Lord, I'm terrible? (laughs) Although, that does lead to my favorite joke in the movie, which is a meta joke for us, when she turns down a drink. Yeah. I laughed and laughed. I said, this is a fiction film. (laughs) That's crazy. So anyway, she comes in, she goes to school, and it does the classic... Here's the lay of the land in modern high school. There's these kids, and there's those. There's the jocks, and there's the nerds, and there's the goofballs, and the theater kids.
1: Sexually active band geeks, which I saw this movie in the theater with... An art teacher, a drama teacher. I was an English teacher at the time, and our band director friend and I was in color guard, so familiar with the bando world. And we all fell out of our chairs laughing because it is so true. Bandos have so much sex with each other.
0: Why don't don't I don't want to know this?
1: They, I mean, I didn't, Mom. I I was a good girl, but (laughs) Gail. um, (laughs) But they make out outside of my old classroom all day. Okay, so, it's very oh, true and oh, funny. For God's sake. I'm just saying, it's not made up.
0: Fine. So, <laughs> uh, Katie falls in with kind of the the freaky, arty
1: kids. Art school kids, or something they right. call them, yeah.
0: Who um, are trying to warn her away from the popular girls called the Plastics.
1: Lizzie Kaplan!
0: The cast in this is sensational. I, mean, I love I To do sensational things. Yeah. Lizzie Kaplan.
1: Amazing. In my
0: heart, not Ooh. in this movie. Um, but in Hot Tub Time Machine, of all things.
1: Have you watched Party Down?
0: I also love her in Party Down. Oh, I saw so Hot good. Time Machine first. Oh, yeah. She's so, great in that. She's great. Uh, Rachel McAdams is in this. She's mm-hmm. terrific and has gone on to a terrific career.
1: Horrible as a blonde.
0: Yep. She's lovely no matter what.
1: Sure, but the blonde is real bad. You're wrong.
0: That's fine. <laughs> um, Lacey Chabert, Amanda Seafried. Um, Tina Fey appears as the math teacher. So good. She wrote the screenplay. So good. Now it says adapted from the book, but the book is actually a social survey. No, it's not a story of any kind.
1: No, it's a it's a self help book. Okay, it's a social. (laughs) It's a self help book based on a woman's PhD, which I love. So I I think that's hilarious.
0: I don't quite see how that's the case. I don't understand why they kept that there. They didn't even use the title.
1: I think it was based on the on the the research that was done about how girls interact with each other. Because this woman, Rosalind Wilson, has written Queen Bees and Wannabes, and then the other book is um, Masterminds and Wingmen. And, like, they're taught in counseling programs and and in some teaching programs about, like, this is how...
0: I still don't see how this relates to the plot of this movie.
1: Because it's about how... Pow- it's the power struggle amongst girls and how... But then, Okay, so she does
0: research for a screenplay. That's not the same thing as basing the movie on a book. I find this goofy. I feel like Tina Fey got screwed out of some money she could have had for an original screenplay and not had to pay I feel like right.
1: For once, a social scientist was finally given credit for their work.
0: Yeah, because I remember when they based Titanic off of... I don't know. Margaret Mead I died lonely and poor. To steer away from them. <laughs> uh, no, it's absurd. I don't, I don't buy that at all. So <laughs> Tina Fey's in it. Tim Motors. is I said her name wrong,
1: percent. by the way. It's Rosalind Wiseman. Oh,
0: th- I'm so glad. I want to make Weiserman. sure we give credit
1: where credit is due.
0: Fine, whatever. So I don't <laughs> interrupt your summaries. I let you just keep talking. This
1: time. What? Keep going. Nonsense.
0: So the alternative early kids convince Katie to blend in and act as a social spy with the Plastics, the most popular girls on campus, who run things, essentially. She not only falls in with them and is taken in by them, but becomes essentially one of them and loses herself along the way. Stockholm Syndrome,
1: syndrome, right? Stockholm Syndrome? I
0: don't think it's Stockholm Syndrome. I think she just becomes a shitty person.
1: Yes. Stockholm Syndrome
0: is falling in love with your captors. Oh, okay. Right?
1: I don't know. I don't. Okay. Ha- I don't have a so, master's degree in therapy.
0: <laughs> said the woman with the master's degree in therapy. <laughs> so, um, yeah, because that's the uh, was the woman that's uh, the this whole Patty Hearst. Patty thing. Hearst. Yeah, yeah, this isn't exactly that. Okay. Um, so she falls in. She becomes just as fickle and lame as everybody else. There's a boy she likes. It doesn't matter. It's another high school movie. The she falls in with the cool kids. Things go bad. She's popular. She has a crush on a boy. Oh, there's complications with the boy because he used to be with the lead of the plastics. Regina George, played by Rachel McAdams. Things go back and forth. She's torn. Should she be smart or not? She fakes being dumb for a while to try and get more attention from boys, which is a real thing and is terrible, but is also a really played idea to have in this movie. But the movie does do a couple things really, really well that I was happy with. I like this movie more than I like Devil Wears Pro. <laughs> which is, maybe isn't saying a lot. But huh? the things it does well, it does really well. Some of the jokes really land, but all of my favorite things in the movie are not involving the main plot. I could watch a movie about Tina Fey's math teacher, Ugh. and it could be six hours long, and I'd be very happy.
1: And not just a math teacher, but a recently divorced, has to bartend at like Flanagan's, yeah, or whatever, and- That's terrific. But that opening moment with the t-shirt, oh, so good.
0: Amy Poehler's amazing. Yeah. (laughs) Bit bit of a tribute here. Amy Poehler is playing Rachel McAdams' mom. Amy Poehler is seven years older than Rachel McAdams. Oh, wow. Yeah, they are very close in age. So that's kind of a weird thing. now, as much as I'd like to see the Amy Polar movie or the Tina Fey movie, all I want to do is watch a movie about Tim Meadows as a uh, principal. Holy shit, did he make me laugh in this movie.
1: He's, uh, yeah, Tim Meadows, you put him in anything. He's so and, my God. Well, but he's on a TV show now, and he mm-hmm. plays a guidance counselor or a principal. I can't remember. But mm-hmm. he he's fantastic in it, and he's just doing this role, but he in is, the 80s, and it's so great. I wish this
0: movie was more Tina Fey-like. Because there are jokes in it where you go, there's a Tina Fey joke.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's the Tina Fey I love. One of them, my favorite one, the thing that made me laugh hardest in the whole movie is in the best scene of the movie, when they're having the, uh, there's been a big, essentially a riot because of secrets that are loose <laughs> upon the school that the plastics have been keeping and gossip. And so all the girls, all the junior girls, are gathered into the gym to kind of hash it out. And that seems really lovely in a lot of ways. The girls have to bond and be honest with one another. And character complications ensue. That scene's really wonderful. It's by far the best scene in the movie, as far as like filmmaking storytelling goes. But my favorite moment is not in character with that scene. It's when the principal's making the threat to all the students, and he says, I will keep you here all night <laughs> yeah. if I have to. And then the teacher behind him says, we can only like, keep him here till 4 He says, I will keep you here till 4 o'clock.
1: Yeah, that's a and very Tina Fey joke.
0: Yeah. He delivers it so straight-faced has to completely change position, loses the teeth of his threat, and it's so Tina Fey a joke. And I double over laughing at that moment.
1: My it nearly killed me. When he's talking in that scene, it cracks me up because he keeps saying lady. This is not how ladies should act, young ladies, mm. because I just think of him. Yeah as, as, la- the, ladies as the ladies man which used to be one of my favorite skits on Saturday Night Live yeah, it's great. a lady oh well, it's cracking awkwardness
0: me up trying to hit on Tina Fey's oh. and not knowing how to
1: so good it's
0: so awkward and strange and it's such a Tina Fey written scene yeah it really like that's when the movie's great I want to see that movie so like the movie of Mean Girls the real the A story of the film is fine it's okay It's not bad, certainly, but the things that shine in the movie just make me wish it was that movie instead.
1: Okay, but, so this movie came out in 2004, Mm -hmm. so I personally, at that point, was two years into my teaching career, if you can even count my first year, Um, because it was really just a long-term sub-job where I was just hoping not to explode every day, Um, Mm -hmm. because my head, I was teaching math. and then and so for me this and and again i wonder if this is maybe i look at the world through pink glasses and you look at the world through blue glasses in certain ways. I resonated with this movie because so much of it is true about how girls relate to each other and certain girl things, but more than that, I resonate with this movie as a teacher because of the behaviors that I see from the adults in the movie. Like Amy Poehler, yeah. I'm, I'm a fun mom, I'm oh, not a regular man. She's
0: the cool fun mom. If, you,
1: I mean, so if you're going to drink, I'd rather you do it here, and I'm just like, and oh my god. One to like
0: live vicariously through her daughter, see her making out with someone
1: and cheers her on. And and the control that Regina George has over her own parents. And then the parents that you kind of wish most students had, which because then they'd come into your classroom like fairly well adjusted, but then they're also totally clueless. The only moment that my partner laughed at during the whole movie was um when Katie's supposed to be grounded and she leaves. And Anna Gossire, who's yeah. one of my favorite people ever, comes in and asks the husband, played by Neil Flynn, um, where's Katie? And he says, oh, she went out. And she says, she's grounded. And he says, oh, oh, are they not supposed to go out? That's a great line. But he they're so clueless as parents, but also so wonderful and loving. And I don't know. I just resonate with it as a teacher because I see that girl-on-girl crime sure. all the time. And now as a counselor, Having transitioned out of the classroom, I can tell you that girl on girl crime is this movie doesn't doesn't involve you know their big technological crime is three way talking. Right. Yeah. Snapchat is not. Social media is oh not. Oh my effect. god. So I that's how and so that's what I was wondering when I was rewatching it was mm. you as a teacher did this movie resonate with you.
0: Mm. It, it did, but not in regard to how I looked at the student interaction. Well, no, I, It made me laugh looking at the teachers in the assembly in yeah. the background and how they're standing around. So like, that's a more interesting movie for me. Yeah, well, could be because I'm a nearly 40-year-old man, and that has a lot of logic to it. But I think that would still be the case for me because that's a more interesting movie to me. Those characters are funnier. But I do wonder, so evidently this movie was changed... Quite a bit in the editing. Oh. And there were scenes that were not included because it was going to be a hard R. Oh, wow. When a character at the party is walked in on making out with her boyfriend, originally she was going to be going down on him. Oh, wow. There was a lot more explicit language. Their threats were more intense. And I wonder if this movie would be better as a hard R.
1: Probably, because I think most movies are often improved that way, but I also think you they might have lost audience like i know well,
0: they, that's why they did yeah they teenage kids to go see the movie
1: but also so adults so it so it kind of straddles well, no,
0: they don't if adults go see it because the ones that have just enough disposable income to go to the movies and not do much else is teenagers yeah they don't have other options you and i have other options in our social life in theory but <laughs> teenagers don't so they go to a lot. that's why they're all pg-13 yeah you know it's rare we get a really good r-rated movie because they can't make as much money. Or at least it's rare that we get a high-budgeted R-rated movie. Yeah. Logan, Deadpool, things, this nature being... Are starting exceptions. to change that. Get out being one of those, yeah. although that's not a high-budget film, it just happened to do really well. You know, what Logan was, speaking of uh, our Nazi grandfather. Yeah. Yeah, he's great at it.
1: Oh, I lo- Logan's amazing. It's so good. It won't make it on this podcast. No, because we yeah. agree too much.
0: Yeah. So, no, it's a fine movie. It's okay. Would I watch it again? Is maybe the bigger question for me. Because I'll never watch Double Worst Prada again. I'll never watch Pitch Perfect again. I would watch Mean Girls again. It has enough laughs and funny moments that I'm on board.
1: And I would suggest that you do at some point, because I actually think you find more jokes. And, and and also if you if you tried to relate to it from a teacher because I think one of the teacher moments that's so funny in it mm-hmm. is how impotent they are um in that example from the um assembly is a perfect you know yeah. i will keep you here as you know as long oh, as we so need good. no till four like they're so impotent when it comes to certain things yeah. and and the they need a they need a girl on the mathletes team because they get more funding that way that like was a good joke. oh anything involving kevin g in that movie yeah That's he's fantastic
0: um, you know, I haven't spent a moment of this, and you haven't either talking about Lindsay Lohan. She's the star of the movie,
1: and I think and she I'm does. Not talking about
0: her—that's weird.
1: It—it it is, except that I think she's the thing around which the other characters revolve a little bit, and and that's not a
0: problem. That, that makes the supporting characters shine. Uh huh. But her performance—it's fine. She's not bad. At that. Yeah. But she's just not very interesting as a character.
1: I don't think I don't know that she's very interesting as an actress
0: or as a human
1: I think it's okay that I I like it when supporting characters are kind of you know like in Get Out the TSA guy but
0: the the TSA guy doesn't take over the movie no you know Caddyshack is interesting in this way a Caddyshack is not a movie about Chevy Chase it's not about the Bill Murray character it's not about the Rodney Dangerfield character it's about the, the Caddy that no one cares about, and whether or not he's in trouble with his girlfriend because she's pregnant. That's what that movie's actually about. Everyone forgets that guy's even in the movie. Yeah. yeah you don't remember him right now. No. He's the lead of that movie. <laughs> Those other people are. See, blonde? Kind cool of his life. <laughs> strawberry blonde, yeah. Okay. He's the lead of that movie. That movie's about the caddies revolting. But you don't remember any of that stuff. No. I will not remember anything about the plastics in this movie. I won't remember anything about Katie. Which, by the way, why do they bother making her name spelled differently? It doesn't go to anything.
1: I think just to make it an awkward thing. But, yeah, it's kind of a useless joke. It's a
0: totally useless joke.
1: Because I think that the movie isn't about Katie. I think it's about how girls relate to each other. That's what I think that, like... But I'm
0: not talking about <clears throat> them that much either. Well... I mean, Rachel McAdams, Regina George character is the most interesting of the teenagers in the movie. By far. And Rachel McAdams is terrific in the movie. Yeah. She's really
1: good. She's great at that role.
0: She can kind of do it all. She's an oh, interesting actress. I, I
1: love, love her. Love. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't
0: know. But okay, top three moments. Here we yes, go. please. Um, one of them are I said Tim Meadows during the assembly. <laughs> I just.
1: I did not leave the South Side for this. He is
0: amazing. <laughs> So, and when he takes to the hallways with the bat, yeah. in a stand and, de- and deliver. Oh, moments, so good. What a weirdly subtle little joke. So, Tim Meadows. Which was one.
1: paired with a subtle joke of a subtle Lord of the Flies reference because Tina Fey's glasses get broken in that scene. Oh, yeah. She gets knocked to the ground and her glasses get broken. That's pretty good. I totally thought you would catch that.
0: It didn't occur to me that it was a Lord of the Flies thing. That's interesting.
1: Kids revolting and trying to kill each other. I love
0: it. I'm yeah. <laughs> um, during the dance talent show thing, Amy Poehler dancing in the aisle, doing the routine, it is the most perfect dance mom thing, and Poehler's, <laughs> the look on her face, and her as this plastic, fake-breasted woman, was one of the funniest things I've ever seen, and I don't have anything against necessarily women who sexually augment, That's, but she is the definition of a yeah. plastic artificial, my wife and I call them California ladies, we'll go, oh, California lady, and you see me go, ha, she's such a California lady. We were transplants. She's a
1: she's a trope, yeah. It's it's great, and she's amazing. At she's, she's so, so good, fun. yeah.
0: Third, I'm gonna make Tina Fey when they run into her when she's at the mall and runs into the kids and is kind of apologizing for being pathetic. Yeah, <laughs> is an amazing. So, but all my favorite moments
1: are the are adults, side yeah,
0: and they're all Saturday Night Live actors, you know, who kind of steal the movie. It's a it's a Lauren Michaels production. It's a Saturday Night Live movie. Yep.
1: with some high school kids stuck in. So, would so you watch it again?
0: I'd watch it again. You'd watch it the again. what is, would I recommend it
1: to her? Would mom? you recommend it to her mom?
0: You know what? I would. <laughs> I would recommend it to Gail, because, um, but I want her to watch it immediately after she watches Green Room, so she doesn't have <laughs> nightmares.
1: <laughs> I don't think she gets nightmares. It might do
0: it. <laughs> it might. It might work out that way. All yeah, right. so that's, that's what I'm going with that. That's what I think. It's fine. It's good. It's... Boy, this is gonna sound more damning than I mean. This is damning with faint praise. It's a disappointing movie for me, though. Looking at the people involved, the director of the House of Yes, Tina Fey writing a screenplay, I really thought it was gonna be better. I was actually really looking forward to
1: it. I agree, but I also think you are suffering from the same thing that makes you not excited to see Rebel Wilson in Pitch Perfect, I think this was Tina Fey's first foray out into writing. Well,
0: um, of and screenplays. I mean,
1: she's been of, tr- of screenplays, yeah. I just think, you know, you're talking about something that came out 14 years ago and judging it perhaps by the Tina Fey that you know now. And she was great in 2004, but she's... Wasn't
0: she already head writer of Saturday Night Live?
1: Um, I mean, around that? Probably, yeah. But I'm just saying, like, you, you've had 14 more years to see greatness come from her. And, and so if this was the first time you were like, ooh, Tina Fey wrote a movie, maybe you wouldn't be so disappointed.
0: Still be the guy who made House of Yes, though. <laughs> okay. That one hurts. That one hurts.
1: So. But he made a bunch of
0: money for him. He's got Jim Carrey dancing with penguins and shit. Okay, so ultimately Mean Girls, kind of disappointing. But good. Good enough. Good enough. Better than the average high school comedy movie.
1: It's fair. I'll take it.
0: Okay. So next week, we have a different kind of theme. We have an actor commonality. Now, it might be a problem because next week, we might both really like these movies. I think we might. I haven't seen the one you're suggesting. But God knows I love this actor. (laughs) Who is it?
1: Kevin Kline. I love that man. He
0: is awesome. Anyone who doesn't like Kevin Kline, let's face it, they're a dick. I'll put it right up.
1: Fuck off, Nazi punk. Fuck off, Nazi punks. <laughs> uh, Nazi punks, fuck off. Um, it,
0: he's charming. He's funny. Handsome. So handsome. Tall. Not threateningly
1: handsome. Agreed. You know, he's, he doesn't have
0: that thing where he's so perfect you couldn't talk to him.
1: So like the uncle I would do things to? Good lord. <laughs> so
0: much uncle sexy talk. Um.
1: Uh, <gasps> That's alarming. <laughs> and I'm blushing now. <laughs> of course. How
0: could you not? I'm amazed you're conscious with all the blood that went to your face. So, you know, oh, yeah. <laughs> whether it was in The Big Chill, Dave, in and out
1: Oh, God, in and out See, the, we came to this because I put Dave on the list because I wanted to have an excuse to watch it again. But I've
0: seen it, and
1: I love it. And then I it thought about so In-N-Out because you not only have Kevin Klein, but you got... Um, I mix them up Tom all the... Selleck. Tom Selleck. I mix up the mustaches Tom all the time. Tom Burt Reynolds, She's Tom Selleck. In. Oh, Tom Selleck's so good in there. It's a
0: terrific movie. But what movie did you pick?
1: French Kiss.
0: I am... As much as I love Kevin Klein, I do. I am a little leery of this movie. I cannot think of a Meg Ryan film I like. She's in it, right?
1: Yes, and I was going to say, I understand it, because I feel like in the later years, Meg Ryan could be hit or miss. But I think this was... Some pretty good Meg Ryan. Okay, what's a name?
0: What do you think is Meg Ryan's best movie?
1: When Harry Met Sally.
0: Okay, second best. Name another good one.
1: Um, I liked the one with Matthew Broderick, Addicted to Love. No, oh, it's not called that. Oh, God, really?
0: You might be the only person who likes that I don't that think movie. that's true. Oh, man. She's good in Inner Space. Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, Inner Space in is, so, is so good. Inner Space is so good. Inner Space is
0: great, but not because of her.
1: No, it's a Quaid.
0: Yeah, Quaid and Martin Short. But, okay, and I have... But she was embar-
1: America's sweetheart. Not mine. <laughs>
0: boring.
1: Okay, so you have to watch... No, I have I, to watch.
0: You have to watch one of the, I'm going to say, top 20 comedies of all time.
1: And I will fully admit, I know that it's problematic that I haven't seen this movie.
0: It's embarrassing that you have not yet seen... Agreed. ...A Fish Called Wanda. Oh, he only got the Oscar for it. You say you like Kevin Klein? Is he French
1: in that one too? Because isn't there a French person in Fish Called Wanda? Okay, but somebody's French in that, right? There's
0: French people everywhere. (laughs) They're all over the place.
1: You can never tell. It's full of English people. Okay,
0: and England is very close to France.
1: So hopefully this is on iTunes, our podcast. So please um, rate and review, and subscribe. That's yeah. how we can keep the wheels turning. Yes. And if you have suggestions for movies to watch or interesting ways to summarize our movies, though, I think we might be stuck on haikus. I love the haiku. <laughs> I might just
0: insist. you so got It's like an amazing idea. I'm still going to haiku. I love
1: it. You got two uh, one for current English teacher, a former English teacher. It's hard to stray off of haikus. Um, I'm but you sure how that ties together? You can because poems, English, you sure, know? Sure, why not? Um, so you can send suggestions to our email address, which is you haven't seen pod at gmail.com. Spell the words out and anything else. See you next time. Still looking for that clever ending.
0: I see the idea of writing that was you just say insert clever, clever ending and then that is the clever ending. Okay. All right.